Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone, welcome to Wiser Conversations, together at home. My name is Derek Handley. I'm an entrepreneur, an investor, a teacher and a student. Each episode, I sit down live with an amazing thinker, an author, an artist, a religious or spiritual leader. We have a conversation to reflect on our lives and the world around us in these very surreal times. With all the uncertainty, there is no better moment than now to reflect on what matters to us and who we wish to become as we see out this pandemic. Welcome. Lean into this uncertainty, you know, like it thinks you are scared or, you know, you think it's not normal. Fortunately, unfortunately, this is a new reality. But most of us, it's new things. We think that we can already capture, you know, what they are. It's scary. What can we learn and apply from Zen in the pandemic that envelops us? What is good and what is bad about what we are experiencing moment to moment? Join us for this conversation and short guided meditation with fifth generation priest, Reverend Takafumi Kawakami from his 16th century Kyoto temple. Well, welcome Reverend Takafumi Kawakami. It's so nice to see you again. Uh, thanks for joining these conversations, which I've called together at home because we are all mm-hmm. around home. the world together at home. At home. Yeah. Um, your home is, looks a little different from my home. <laughs> <laughs> you get to rake the gardens. Yeah, I, wish but, you, I can share the v, uh, view, but this is a, in a little bit small like room uh, made as a little more like studio. So yeah. Um, so thank you so much, Drake, you know, inviting me for this talk. Thanks. Uh, it's wonderful to see you again. How old is your temple? Well, so the temple itself um, built in uh, 1590. So this year exactly 30 years old. So a uh, so temple that's lived 500 years, it's seen everything, right? It's seen well, all the things. So if those walls and those beautiful golden screens I've seen of yours, if they could mm-hmm. talk to us, what would they be telling us? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's one tree here by the entrance. It's about 300-year-old uh, red pine. Um, this is just, you know, progressing all the things in a way that, um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, if you see the whole history of a human being, um, I think we're just lucky. We, we are just lucky that we lived this, you know, after World War II, most of, you know, us in the, you know, developed nations uh, didn't experience any major war uh, after World War II. I mean, like some, you know, Korean, after Korean War, I should say. Um, almost 70 years, there's no war. And also economy, economics growth, you know, going always upward. And of course, 2008, and it goes down, you know, but, you know, still, uh, we had a certain security in our life, but suddenly, you know, it's gone, you know, but if you kind of think about it, you know, maybe this is go back to like, norm we, our ancestors experienced for many years, or many centuries, I should say, yeah. Mm. What when you have when you live in a place that's so old and it's seen so much, 
um, what does the, like the wisdom, the elders, the older people, when things happen that seem bad or seem unpredictable, what, how do they counsel the younger generations? Like, you know, cause they, obviously the generations and generations, I think you're fifth generation in your particular yeah. example, mm-hmm. right? So there must be layers and layers upon layers of wisdom on how to deal with things that seem unbelievable, like seem out of the, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I can say that is, um, especially in Zen tradition, Buddhist tradition, um, yeah, you know, you know, in a way that um, most of us tend to kind of try to stay away from the difficulties, you know, resisting the difficulty. But um, in a way, the if you look at the meditation practice. Uh, like uh, some of the texts talking about meditation, like a Satipassana Sutta, which is not Zen text, but you know, all the Buddhist texts. But um, meditation, not just, you know, about being, feeling peaceful and calm. Uh, it is really kind of, you know, lean into the things, you know, things make you uncomfortable. Uh, ultimate thing is death in a way, right? Um, then, I live in a temple and uh, I'm, I'm a deputy head priest. And of course, you know, we perform funerals here. Um, I mean, we don't have a big congregation, so maybe about 10 funerals per year that's happened. But periodically I'm facing with the human death and then, you know, sickness and the aging. Um, but now suddenly everybody have to face his those, you know. Uh, but I think that this is a reality or the nature in a way, in some way. What's happening is something right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And your, your approach or Zen approach is that you should be kind of leaning in or embracing or just moving through the difficulty as opposed to trying to push it away. Or what are you saying in terms of, you know, having to deal with the struggle? Well, first of all, I don't want to use what a deal because when I say deal, it's something like you still kind of try to push them away. You know, that's what I kind of feel like it, you know. Um, the word that I use is lean into it, you know. So, um, so you know, like I mentioned earlier, meditation is not about feeling peaceful, calm. I, I know that, you know, people can use that you know, like a painkiller, but, um, but in a Buddhism start, you know, start with, you know, what is the nature of human being? What is actually nature of life? You know, because our goal is not just about, oh, feeling peaceful, calm, you know, everything going to be okay. No, it's basically, uh, what is the ultimate truth it looks like? So that's our journey, you know, um, then, in this case, it's not like a judging, hey, what is a good thing? What is a bad thing? Uh, for instance, you know, yes, of course, we lean into the thing that makes us feel good. But it's not like just indulging ourselves, you know, uh, in this, you know, joyful, I mean, like, you know, joy and also ecstasy or anything. Uh, but try to observe in that where this reaction coming from. You know, right. what kind of belief or what kind of attachment that I have to the thing. That's why I'm feeling this comfort or joy or, you know, happiness. The same thing for the difficulty, you know, the things making you uncomfortable. most people will be surprised to hear you say that meditation is not all about calm and peace. Can you go into that a bit more? <laughs> um well, because meditation is basically insight, you know, basically this is uh, observation. Um, I mean, of course, certain part, I mean, the preparation part, I mean, so of course, meditation have a kind of like a layers and the early part, you know, beginning part is actually, yes, calming down and then uh, develop your awareness. I mean, like, you know, when you came here, I probably I talked to you about, hey, it's, it's, when it's raining, but if you're just busy with whatever you do in everyday life, you don't notice sound of, sound of raindrops. Right. But if you want to listen to them, 
you need to calm down and be, be more aware. Right. Then you can start healing them and then you bring full attention to it, right? Kind of same thing for um, the meditation in a way that observing our reaction to things happening around us or inside of us. That's actually the meditation. What is meditation is about? Then, of course, the first part to calming down, to be more aware, then you can actually notice more small reactions. Right. right? So it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's almost like what you're saying is the, the Western world's modern obsession with meditation is basically the surface layer mm -hmm. of what you, you understand it to be. It is just, just, you know, in a way, I normally say that most of meditation today is like a painkiller. Yes, you know, you have a, this you know, calmness, peacefulness, peacefulness, you know, during the meditation, after a short amount, you know, after the meditation, a little bit. But if you don't really deal with things making you stress or um, causing, you know, making you uncomfortable, you keep getting it. But many people think about, oh, I'm stressed. I need to do the meditation. After that, oh, I feel calm. But right. that's just painkiller, right? So talking about stress, what's you're, you can't be immune to stress. So what's stressing you out at the moment? I know you normally have hundreds of people visiting the, temp, the temple uh, for classes, staying in the uh, lodging. Like, you know, you have an operation that you're running to keep mm -hmm. alive. Um, what's, what's stressful to you at the moment and how are you dealing with it? Well, at this moment, definitely, like, well, Japan is not imposing strong, like, you know, self-isolation, but I'm, we doing that kind of volunteer, voluntarily doing the isolation right now. Um, well, definitely, you know, like, my family, you know, like, we have to change the rhythm, you know, in a way that all we had a different pattern of life. Uh, my wife used to work in this, you know, was, she's a professor at the university. I have a daughter. Um, but now both of them doing things in online. So uh, our lives are different through change, you know. Then so adjustment to that one. Um, like everybody probably experiencing that. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know. I don't don't take me wrong. I love my family, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But also, uh, same time, it's a financial thing, definitely because, um, well, no one cannot come to the temple anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. Even they want to, because you know, border is closed. Um, so, so I need to figure out different way of reaching out. You know, I mean, definitely, this is a stressful for me, mm -hmm. but yet it's kind of like. Sometimes I kind of enjoy it, weirdly. Um, because like this one here, for example, I'm using more like online materials mm. uh, to connect with people in different countries uh, in a real time, in a way. Mm -hmm. How are you keeping yourself kind of, uh, I guess, grounded? What are the kinds of rituals and things that you would always be doing or doing differently? I mean, we saw you raking you know, mm -hmm. are there things that you're just keeping up all uh, the things alive that you would normally be doing? Are there things that you're introducing differently? Well, I definitely try to keep the temple as way it is, even like no one can visit right now. Um, some part of it, um, something like that, you know, like some like a routine uh, help me keep myself sane in a way right. um kind of sense of like um it, this is a kind of balance in a way that you want to you know as a human being want to keep doing the same thing as the way it is you know like a homeostasis you know we call this one right then at the same time you know we cannot attach to the old thing you know we definitely live in the new normal right now we need to actually start you know finding what is new normal here um but you cannot just, you know, push yourself into the, all the new things right now. You need to actually find some routine that keeps you, you know, like comfortable. 
that's also the necessary part. I think that's like a middle path in a way in the Buddhism right. we talks about. So yeah, no one coming to the temple, but still try to keep the temple like you know normal way. Like people come, you know, see the garden. If I take a picture right now, it's exactly the same as when you were here. Right. <laughs> I mean, different that's, season, but that's you know. impressive. When we met in uh, in Kyoto, you we talked and you talked about um, this difference in philosophy of of like uh, Western people having thinking of their whole lives as the star of a novel, the star of the book, the star of the show, and you're. Do you want to expand on what we talked about and your, mm -hmm. your view on what, what Zen um, says about that? Because I think that's a really helpful thought today. I mean, for instance, yeah, you know, like especially today or any country that, uh, or any culture develop individualism, uh, we tend to think our life as a one, you know, book like you know uh basically like a one one story you know then you start with a book right but uh but i think that you know even your life end is still things that continue right uh we tend to measure everything in our own perspective but for instance like maybe like you know our life is just you know one chapter of like a series of books so of course maybe like uh, at this moment we're living in a part that maybe the challenging part of whole story as your family or nation or human civilization something like that um but in a way that you know your life is not just you know what we think just you know this is the you know, beginning and that's it you know there's no connection you know before and after no it's it's continuously you know connecting with you know next generation previous generation everything you can see everything is interdependent you know so how do you think that kind of thinking might help us um, make more sense of, I guess, what's going on at the moment in the bigger picture? So, in a way that the bigger picture, definitely, you know, that's, um, I think we discussed, you know, when you were here too, like a notion of self, what is a self? That's a really important thing. I think, you know, before we start thinking about bigger picture, uh, we better to think about, well, at least a Buddhist point of view, Actually, say it's not better or worse, but you know, in a Buddhist point of view, idea is what is a self? Right. You know, Zen start with the questioning who you are. You know, who are you? That's a question. You know, but you in this case doesn't mean like, you know, oh, this is like a my hidden personality, or you know, oh, I thought I was an introvert, no, but actually I was out, you know, extrovert. It's not like that way what is a self what is me you know um really good way is um uh david hume um scottish philosopher he was asking people can you observe yourself can you observe yourself right then when you start observing yourself then you start noticing, oh, I am actually observing my feeling or I'm observing sensation or I'm observing mental activities. Then you start noticing that, oh, there's no such a thing as self. Then this self is actually interdependent. And especially the idea like this is, there is this impermanent body. The important right. thing I didn't say I have impermanent body. I, I said there is impermanent body. Then this impermanent body is surrounded by constantly changing environment. And two things interact. 
and creating sensations, you know, feel in the sensations, reactions, then somehow those reactions, we start thinking, oh, we have a self, but it's not in a way that it's just like, you know, uh, things are created by those, you know, multiple things. Right. And so in an environment like this, where we feel like we have three or four months ago, a lot of control, a lot of freedom. I can come visit mm-hmm. you, you can come visit me. I can go wherever I want to go. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's a whole set of dominoes and they're all related. And now we realize how, just how interdependent mm-hmm. everything is mm-hmm. such that right now I can't even really, you know, legally go, go where I want in the city. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like shining a light on, I guess, this imaginary scenario that we had that we thought is uh, permanent. Mm-hmm. And just by one thing occurring, ricocheting around the world, this sense of impermanence mm-hmm. is very obviously there, right? Like, oh, you'll mm-hmm. always go to school. Of course you will every day. Or you can take a flight anywhere in the world. And all of a sudden, these things that we've become so used to are now actually, you can't take them for granted at all, right? No. What can we learn about those uh, those things while we're still in this uh, space of suspended, I guess, normality or suspended reality in a sense? What do you think, from a Zen perspective, the opportunity is in this to learn? So first of all, like, once again, but lean into, lean into this uncertainty, you know, like it thinks you are scared or, you know, you think it's not normal. Unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, this is a new reality. You know, this is what's happening. But most of us, it's new things, strange things, or things that we can already capture, you know, what they are, it's scary. So scare, scary, that's why we try to keep a distance from it. And then that's why even things get more unknown and uncertain. And if people get more scared, then try to keep more distance. That's happened, right? So then this case here, but I'm not saying that you go to social media, find all the information. I mean, that the, those information just make you just react. Right. So then, then it's not like, you know, I'm saying that lean into the, you know, uncertainty doesn't mean make you actually react. You know, um, one of my friends, uh, futurist, uh, Amy Webb, uh, I had a wonderful uh, dialogue with her in New York in mid-February, just, you know, this pandemic started, you know, uh, we just talking about, oh, it's all the shipment in China stuff, you know, that's what we were talking about, you know, but back then you know now think about it we're just like oh it's just happening in china right you know we didn't really think about you know how serious this one was but you know amy mentioned a really amazing you know really example you know how we normally respond to this type of thing like you know like a driving car in the snow and then like an icy road and this car starts sliding and then our entire body tried to tell us, hit the brake. <laughs> right. You know, but that's a big no-no. Anyone drove in the snow, you know that. You know, you actually, when car starts sliding, you navigate your handle car to the you know, direction that, you know, car is sliding. Mm. That's a way to save yourself. But somehow, some way, our body telling you, hey, hit the brake, right? This is exactly what's happening to us when we actually get the information from social media or, you know, things we don't know. We try to get actually quick answer because we want to know what's going on quickly, right? Then we instantly reacting. We just try to hit the brake. Right. So you think it's a time to maybe think more about slow answers? Slow answers or... Use, you know, uncertainty is nature. I feel like that. Nature of the things, you know. Um, well, well, first of all, this is a thing that, like, you know, like uh, we, we're talking about, you know, basically, like, we think we can do everything. We're in control. 
and then you know we can know everything using science whatever but um well first of all most of religion mentioned that human have a limited access to the truth you know truth you know in the buddhism case we call this one dharma and then judaism yahweh islam allah all the things we call higher being something out there is um you know beyond human imagination then you know the faith means it's not like a hey this is a truth here we should believe it as the way it is you know uh, you know this is a god will that's why i'm acting this way that way right uh i think the idea is hey i understand oh i have this interpretation right now like you know uh, uh, interpretation god's word or dharma or nature but this is a still it's not actually the thing as the way it is you know right. uh yeah Part of that is about thinking not always well, you said earlier like not judging something as being good or bad it's hard to look at this and think that it's not bad mm -hmm. you want to say that it is bad so how how does a, a zen philosopher zen buddhist look at something like this and say well it's it's neither bad or good it's just you know first of all no try to well first of all have a humility sense of a humility you know in a way that uh as a human we cannot know everything and then this is you can say that for everybody <laughs> you know right. especially like expert know that well you know expert know that i don't know enough <laughs> This is what we know at this moment. That's not well, what I say. Especially for now, right? I mean, every week the experts know something different and it's a difficult time to be being guided by experts who didn't know anything a hundred days ago and now, you know, know what they know now, right? But not mm -hmm. what they know in a week. But important thing is, yeah, this is what we know at this moment. That's the way we say or we, unless, you know, we consider ourselves that's really important part. It's not like a one, we grab one thing saying that, oh, I know the thing, you know. Sounds like somebody in the White House right now, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, then also just, you know, the know yourself part there too. Like what we can understand, what we can do. That's, I think that's really important. Also what we cannot do. Right. I think that's really knowing your ability, the inability, and then don't tr don't try to hide it. I think that's important. But it's something that's relevant now, but is always relevant mm -hmm. from, from your philosophy. Essentially, what's in your control, what's not in your control, mm -hmm. what you are able to do or know, and what you are unable to do or know, and being a conscious conscious of that. Being conscious, but always questioning about that in a way, you know, it's like a serenity prayer in the Christianity, you know, in a way that, um, yeah, you know, God, God grant yeah. me the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can change. And, yeah, exactly. But, you know, human always, you know, have a hard time to determine what is actually, um, you know, um, what we can do, what we cannot do. I mean, that's why we're asking God to give us wisdom, you know? So in the Christianity sense, you know, serenity prayers sense. Um, but time like this, really important thing is, yeah, you know, uh, okay, what we can do this moment. Maybe it's not perfect, but same time, what I cannot do, what we cannot do at this moment, then, you show that and then it's normally, you know, somebody going to jump into it saying that, wait, 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 I cannot do what you can do, but maybe I can do what you cannot do. Right. Yeah. You know, creating We're the movement. About what you can and can't do. What do you think uh, some of the more practical things that we could implement day to day right now? You know, we're at home, the pressure increases, some families are struggling, some people mm -hmm. have more space. Like what are some practical ideas you think people could consider right now while we're continuing to go through this 
I mean, everybody in the world have a certain ability. It's not like you don't need to think it big, you know, um, just, you know, even the simple thing as, you know, like I can give a kind word to other people. Right. Uh, something like that, you know. Um, so in a way that why this part here, meditation is important because you can actually see before you just quickly reacting to things and saying that, oh, I understand everything. Oh, I don't like this. You know, I want to stay away. You actually really understanding why you are reacting this way. You know, what is the reaction? First of all, what is the reaction here? But at also same time, where this reaction coming? What kind of belief of value I'm still stuck into? Right. Right. The where they're coming from, right? So the practical side is yes, you know, doing the meditation like that, but also you don't need to do anything big. It's really what you know, just simple thing. Just you know, what I can do this moment, you know. Then you know, the small thing but can create a big, you know, picture. But unfortunately in Japan, everybody you know, considers themselves a victim at this moment a victim of this pandemic pandemic right um you know like uh uh like for instance you know some human reaction uh fight fly uh, fry, uh fight fly and then freeze right mm. we like all playing the freeze <laughs> right <laughs> like everybody victim here That's and then we are powerless Somebody gonna help me suddenly, miraculously. Somebody gonna help me. Normally, you know, government, you know, company, something like that. Right. Everybody kind of, you know, then if they don't get help, they start blaming them. How would you suggest that those of us who connect with nature and the self approach uh, the restart when when society and the economy kind of restarts? Um, people who are currently enjoying this downtime and this nature and the ability to look inwards. Uh, I think the question is partly, how can you maintain that when the world starts to move again? Well, your time. Definitely the world will change, you know, it won't be the same anyway. And then I think that many people right now that you know having this value i mean like a re kind of recognizing the value of having family around you or um kind of you know if people can focus on what they can do at this moment um rather than what they cannot do at this moment um like uh, one of my friends just recently, his name is Jeremy Hunter. He just published a book in Japan. He one section he mentioned that uh, when Apollo teens, uh they had a you know small like accident in the space. And Houston, first thing they asked Houston, what's still working? What's still working? Right. What's still working? Right? It's not like what went wrong. Right. Right. So I think that. Um, it's not like, you know, economy going to be the same way as, you know, or economic activity, or all the society going to go back to the normal way as the way we think. Um, well, it's not like a short time thing in a way, you know, uh, some of the scientists predicting this one going to end around, you know, um, this summer, but that, you know, study based on the Wuhan, you know, scenarios. But if other you know, scientists are based on like Italy's or Spain's scenarios and that predict that, you know, maybe this things affect, you know, influence our life, you know, maybe one year, one and a half years, uh, that might happen. So definitely we change our value. Um, then of Was course, the same period of time that we've had to operate like this. I think so. Yeah. Right. Th that's my view at this moment. And then uh, another question here is related to that, which is, are you, do you have a view? Like if we move out of it too quickly, we're losing an opportunity to rethink and reset. Um, 
Yes and no, uh, but but it's for instance, this is about you know it's a human nature in a way. One point that you know people things happen and they so quickly and then people actually react to the thing instantly. But you know when and quickly people forget about the instantly. Right. Um, so that's kind of the double-edged sword of the scenario we're in. The longer it goes on, the more real time there is for a true reset in the way we mm -hmm. think about things. Uh, obviously, the longer it goes on, it means that there's still suffering going on, but the shorter it goes, mm -hmm. less the suffering, but maybe the long-term uh, change might not be what we need. Mm -hmm. I mean, but this point of here, I, once again, I cannot really say what is good, what is bad in this case. You, know, you can see the different type of scenarios and then also I have a no position that I'm judging people saying that your idea is wrong, I'm, mine's right. Um, I think a really important thing is here is a diversity, mm. diverse approach, uh, but which is really hard for us right now, accepting diversity at this moment because situation like this, we tend to you know, develop society more, um, uh, what the word? Like we all uh, kind of think the same thing. Focus same on thing, like yeah. uniformity, looking for the uniformity. Right. If somebody doing something different and start attacking them, you know, like that's why like a xenophobic tendency increase like a time like this. Um, but definitely we need to keep better, you know, more options, more approaches. Right. Um, like a Darwin, could... like, you know, Charles Darwin's approach, you know, yeah. end of his life, he recognized it's not about most suitable ones survive. Actually, it's about diversity. Group diversity is the important part, right? Another question here from uh, Samir is around, I think, it, you know, we can go back to the idea of meditation and its, and its, its, uh, its value. Um, I think people who are suffering from mental health issues or anxiety or depression, maybe there's even more pressure on them at the moment. This question is, how can we, he, he uses the word control our mind under these scenarios so that we don't become victims of mental health. Uh, what, what, what thoughts do you have on that? Well, first, first of all, I don't normally use the word control. <laughs> uh that is really kind of you know idea that oh we have all you know we have an autonomy on everything kind of idea but as this violent thing proved that in a way yes we have a certain level of you know autonomy but yet you know suddenly just the violence one this you know tiny violence in a way change our way of life so um i should say it's more about I don't say it's control, but start with the observation of reactions. Then try to once again, but try to find out what kind of attachment to belief you have and how you develop that. Then for instance, when you actually deal with a new situation, why you are actually feeling stress or you know, what is actually causing the stress here? Yeah, um, reflect on what's going on for yourself and what triggers mm -hmm. there are. Uh, here's maybe the last question we'll take uh, before we close with uh, the short meditation. Thanks, Tucker. Um, from Craig, how can we balance uh, being open to emerging knowledge and change while not being overwhelmed that we are heading down a wrong path? Mm. Well, at this point, definitely, we don't know the wrong path or right path, you know. Um, but most scary thing happened to us is, in especially a situation like this, we tend to consider ourselves always more like a, we are the righteous one. Anyone doing different from you is wrong. But go back to the humility part you know we all just human being then we only see this teeny tiny portion of truth 
So as long as you have a you know, humility, then curiosity toward why people are acting like this way. You know, you, you cannot just jump into, you know, jump to the conclusion saying that he's ignorant or undereducated. But so curiosity, sort of place curiosity. judgment with curiosity is a very, uh, I think that's a very powerful way to approach things, right? If you initially mm -hmm. don't agree with them or you're frightened of them, you're scared of them, uh, replacing that judgment with a curious uh, inclination. Mm -hmm. And if it's authentic, then going into it, uncovering it, and really understanding why the other view is what it is. Um, yeah, I think that's a fascinating thing. Were you scared from this new or different approach? Well, why you are scared from this person looks different from you, something like that? Um, you know, what if there's a genuine fear that you just actually believe the direction that this is heading or something is heading is not good and that gives you anxiety and this is related to uh, uh, a question from Ruth which is when you are observing um, you know how you're feeling what's triggering you etc and what if the feelings that come up are extremely negative how do you uh, how do you kind of walk through them? How do you process them? How do you stay with them? Like you said, lean in if it's uncomfortable. Like, what are some ways to continue pushing uh, through that? Well, one part is that um, what the one way is always kind of you know. So what I mean in the earlier. Well, what I said now earlier about I tried to do the keeping the same thing every day. Some some part of my life I tried to keep yeah, the same way. The reliable, the, yeah. You know, reliable part, but reliable part. You know, in a way that at the same time, this is a great moment to observe your condition. In a way, how you are. You know, in a way, just a raking, or just you know walking. Or because even, it's like you're doing something autonomous, then you can observe, mm -hmm. think about things. Or, you know, even like the same thing over and over again, if you pay attention to, paying close attention to the action itself, you notice, okay, today maybe I feel a little bit, you know, tired or how I'm feeling, you know, more and more, you know, like at this moment I have a four o'clock, uh, get up at four o'clock and I have a morning chanting role doing the chanting, same chanting every day for about one, one hour and a half or two hours. Um, yes, I memorize it. I don't really need to pay attention to recite it, but I pay attention to it. See, okay, we're coming out slightly different today. Right. Why that, you know? So you could look at any of your daily habits, rituals, things that you have to do each day and turn them into a moment for well, reflection. Reflection, yeah. Observation, whether it's brushing your teeth, putting mm -hmm. the dishes away, making your bed, mm -hmm. raking the leaves. I think that's a beautiful uh, thought to take away. Then you can, could, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Then you can, we can pay attention to, okay, maybe today I might be feeling tired. You know, maybe I should pay attention to this part here. Maybe I tend to, when I'm tired, I tend to react to these things. Like, you know, there's certain trigger when I'm tired. So you can be more careful about it, you know. Or if I'm doing better today, maybe I become too optimistic. What's going to happen here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, shall we, um, shall we do a short meditation to close? Yeah. So uh, how do you normally do this with people online? Online, this case here, you don't need to sit down on the floor. <laughs> you know, you just need to find some comfortable chair. And if you sit in the chair, normally chair, you know, and unless like a dining chair, normally, you know, normal chair is leaning, kind of declining toward the back. So try to sit down the front part of the chair. Then try to put the, both feet down on the floor, touching the floor, and then try to sit up straight. And then you can close your eye, this case here. I'm gonna do really kind of slightly unique technique called Nanso meditation, or I call this one Badaboro meditation. Um, so this is actually, 
I think originally I studied as more like um, uh, more well. This meditation became famous uh, by the uh, Hakuin Ekaku, who was a uh, Zen master in the 18th, 17th, 18th century. Um, this is kind of like self-compassion and also body scan. So you sit up straight and just relax yourself. You know, you can just rest your hand on thigh, any place you feel comfortable. Then imagine that you have a kind of a softball sized butter on the top of your head. So like a giant bowl of butter on the top of your head. And of course it's butter. So, you know, start melting by your body temperature, right? Then during this meditation, just, you know, inhale like a normal way, but exhale slowly for a long time. In this case, as you breathe out, you know, this melted butter on the top of the head dripping down on your body and then soak into your body. But when you inhale, it stops. And as you breathe out again, start dripping down your body again and soak into your body. Then once again, this inner butter is melted by your body heat and it's still on the top of your head, right? We have a hard time even picturing that. Now think about, you know, somebody tried to put like a warm, soft blanket from top of your head and it's slowly covering your entire body. So in, with your own rhythm, so when you inhale, this melted butter stop. But when you exhale, slowly they're dripping down your body and soak into your body. So you're covering yourself with a warm blanket from the top of your head and then wrapping yourself in the more and more. So, you know, eventually this warmness covering entire body. From top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And also kind of pay attention to the place that you normally don't pay attention to, like, you know, like the back of your ears or your back, you know, spines, the lower part of your body, something like that. So once again, slowly this warm melted butter dripping down your body and it's soaking into your body. Okay, so you can open your eyes. How was it? That was uh, very confident. Like someone's kind of giving you a big buttery hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this warmness in a way, you know, we, for instance, warmness, we associate with kindness, you know, gentleness, you know, um, the comfort. 
So this is a kind of part of like a self-compassion in a way. Like you say, somebody giving you, you know, hug, like a hug, big warm hug. Like uh, your caregivers, you know, when you're little, you know, giving you this warm hug, you're, you know, sad or something like that. But also, you know, kind of picturing the things dripping down your body, like butter, you know, melted by dripping down your body, kind of you paying attention to the sensation you're feeling in the body. So then this is really important because when we are facing with uncertainty, and then when we experiencing anger or stress, we tend to live here. In our heads. You know, so, you know, we actually tend to try to think everything logically then, but we forget about our body, you know, in a way that bringing attention to our body is really important because in a way that your body is the entrance of the, all the information. But also same time, you know, sensation makes you think that you exist, right? <laughs> so it's what, it's what tricks us into believing we're real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's why I kind of try to kind of, what is going on here? What is this reaction coming from, you know? So then, so this training really helpful to, you know, first of all, you feel safe and comfortable. Then, then from there, you actually, you know, learning, oh, my body normally reacts like this, like that, you know, learning how to bring your attention to, you know, your body. Um, so um, I normally say, you know, self-compassion is the one key to increase resilience, you know, but resilience in this case, it's not like, oh, I'm going to fight back to these things here, mm. you know, in a way that, it's more about, you know, changing yourself, adjusting yourself to this new condition. I mean, you know, because fighting is actually you hold on to something there and you try to, you know, see things more like an enemy, you know. But this Thank case you so is much. more, yeah. That was uh, wonderful and buttery. <laughs> and warm. <laughs> yeah, very warm. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Taka, for your time, uh, for uh, spending it with us from Kyoto. Thanks for joining us on Wiser Conversations, together at home. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review it today. And if you haven't already, go on and push subscribe. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.